three, two. Right. Welcome back. Episode <laughs> 18, Masashi R&D Sessions with Diren. <laughs> and Ross. They call you the sexy chemist. Oh. Why? Uh, I don't know. I've been, uh, I've been called a lot of things in my life. Well, where's this new nickname come from? I don't I know. I heard you got a new career in modeling. No, don't do it. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Look at this. Yeah. Nice. Tell us the story behind this, mate. This is uh, this is gangster shit. This is. Yeah. So this is my rap album cover. No, <laughs> I'm just what? playing. So uh, I was expecting you to see, see you in like an open lab coat, but this is a little different. Yeah. So uh, one of my friends um, is a pretty awesome photographer. Shout out to Dre. Um Adrian Victor portraits, check it out. Um, he um, had some studio time and, you know, playing around, building his portfolio and took some photos. You got a few likes there, mate. 166 so far and counting. It's like ticking over by the minute. Right. Yes. So. Because we keep showing people in the office. Yeah. Well, I actually got that printed out in, in my place. What are you going to do? <laughs> what, are you put next to your bed or something? Uh, I thought that I had it there first. It was a bit creepy. So. You're going to get it printed on the wall behind you, I reckon. Yeah, yeah. package it up. Give it. Give it to um, a lucky lady out there. Yeah. <laughs> well, Hal, Hal wanted a picture as well. For, well I don't know what for. Oh, I don't know what for. Either maybe <laughs> aspirational go- training goals or yeah, something. Exactly. Yeah. I just want to sign sign a copy. I didn't quite know I was going to be shirtless, so I would have done a bit of a shred. <laughs> Mate, <laughs> if things don't pan out here as uh, as the, the product guy, you've got a career in modeling. Look at that. Or rapping. Yeah. One of the two. Well, lucky I can't rap, so. <laughs> <laughs> like you've All right. Get it off the screen. He's, he's going red. Oh, yeah. Exactly. Pretty cool photo. Today's topic, another cool, exciting topic. It's the we're going to look at the hormonal impact of training. So yeah. we all know the the hormones play pivotal roles in in our body, yeah. not just for training, for for a lot of other sort of vital functions. Um, but their influence on on training is important. It, yeah. it, it can play and have an impact on sort of recovery, muscle growth, the way you sleep. Uh, lots of things. Everything, yeah. And there's a bit of a stereotype of hormones at the moment. You know, it's when we talk about hormones, you t- kind of tend to think of, um, you know, mood swings, zits. You know, um, well, there's probably a lot of um, a lot of gym guys out there think of hormones in a different way. Yeah. Well, you know, Hal's going through puberty now. His body's changing. All the <laughs> all these hormones. <laughs> Notice his voice is starting to get a little bit deeper. Yeah. Well, h- hormones are all of these things, but they're also a whole lot more, right? So. Um, you know, your body has two bosses, really. So first boss, your nervous system, right? You know, things coming from your brain, travel down your nervous system through electrical impulses, right? And these things act super fast. So, you know, you want to contract a muscle, that's a nervous system, you know, signaling. Um, hormones are the other boss of your body, right? And they take a bit longer to act because they, they travel to your bloodstream. But basically, they're little messengers. And, um, you know, think about nervous system, um, you know, let's call it communication in your body is that, you know, lasts a very short time. Hormones, you know, can, can cause uh, an array of effects, of effects that last for a while. And there are ways to sort of, um, what's the right word, is to have an impact on, on hormones in your body. There's things that you can do. Yep. Um, and there's, how many different hormones are there? There's yeah, so there's over 50 different types of hormones in your body, right? But um, really, there's, there's two main types. There's water soluble, which, you know, comes from amino acids. We talked talked about that a bit, and you know, um, this the lipid soluble or the fat soluble hormones as well. So it's important to know that because you know, um, water soluble hormones act outside of your cells because you know your cells have a fat membrane. Fat soluble ones into your cell. 
Well, today we'll probably look at the the, the hormones that relate directly sort of to sports um, or, or training. Yeah. So um, both negative and and positively. Yeah. So it's um it's it's a massive topic, and you know it's hard to really do much justice. But um, hormones are, are, are crucial. You know, they're part of the muscle building process, part of the recovery process, but they're also you know part of your mood. Um, you know, de- determine your mood, determine. Uh, a whole lot more, you know, reproduction, well-being, metabolism, um, you know, response to stress, general growth and development. Um, but one of the most important things to think about is something called homeostasis, right? So homeostasis, do you know what it is? How? You know what it is, don't you? Mm, no. No. So nothing to do with your homies. Um, <laughs> 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 but um, b- basically it's, um, you know, homeostasis is your um, ir- irregular... Um, you know, your normal body function, um, um, I guess, limits, right? So, you know, you've got your blood pressure limits, you've got your, your body temperature, um, you know, all, all these kinds of things. And hormones basically just try to make sure that they don't go too far out of, you know, a set range with which your body can function and operate. So they help regulate those things. Exactly. So it's all about bringing your body back to, to homeostasis. Right. Right. Probably the most, um, the most talked about hormone testosterone especially for guys and training and and even for women these days yeah um a lot testosterone sort of your body creates it naturally yep your body creates it naturally and um you know some um people looking to enhance their performance out there and inject it as well but what? before we get into what that, testosterone yeah yeah that's what steroids are yeah oh. so um what's your trend cycle <laughs> steroids are a form of the lipid soluble uh, hormones right so you know we've got the amino acid ones the water soluble ones then we've got these um lipid soluble ones so you know cholesterol testosterone anything that goes into your cell um these these are these are fat soluble hormones but um yes wait there's more i know you <laughs> i know you guys are super excited about this this topic I but, am. so um you know hormones they can act in, in two ways. Um, you know, some hormones go to basically every single cell in your body. Some hormones go specifically to to cells which um, which have receptors that have an affinity for them, right? Mm-hmm. So, um, um, you know, something like your thyroid hormones, you know, T3, T4, um, thyroxin. Um, these things go to basically every single cell in your body. Whereas something, um, you know, something a bit more um, focused only goes to a specific um, receptors. For example, serotonin in your brain only goes to serotonin receptors, right? Wow. So it's like a lock and a key. You know, some, some keys are the master key. They can go into lots of locks. But, um, you know, some, some keys only go into specific locks. And we're not talking about... Uh, <laughs> but how losing your keys on the weekend exactly. and having yeah. to get a locksmith in. Yeah. <laughs> so. Let's get that very clear. So testosterone, talking about sort of receptors and testosterone specifically binds to the receptors on muscle cells, right? Yeah. So and it can aid in protein synthesis. Exactly. So something called the androgen receptor, right? So and the androgen receptor is something that plays a massive role in, in protein synthesis and, um, and growth and development, right? So the, another way to think of hormones is anabolic and catabolic, right? So anabolic, you guys have heard these words before, definitely big buzzwords, but you know, what does it really mean? A good way to think about anabolic is, you know, putting things together. So remember, hormones are just signaling molecules. They just tell your body what to do. And in fact, some hormones, the sp- specific purpose of these hormones is just to signal other hormones in your body, right? So it's called a hormonal cascade. So one hormone tells... It's just like the middleman. Yeah, exactly. What so, a... 
it's waste just the time here. Stupid hormones. <laughs> <laughs> What's your favorite window? My favorite window? Mine's the anabolic window. Oh, wow. wow. You're ready to be a dad already. That was yeah. a dad's joke. I got that one off play school, actually. Did you? Wow. No, you did. Yeah, nah. That was <laughs> Sesame Street. <laughs> I like Windows XP, personally. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> anyway. A couple of nerds <laughs> here. Um, <laughs> so, yeah, anabolic, right? Putting things together. So, um, you know, that's what some of these key hormones tell your body to do. So, you know, estrogen, testosterone, um, cortisol, growth hormones, these are the most famous um anabolic um, um, hormones. Then on the other side, we've got catabolic hormones. Adrenaline, cortisol again, cytokines, and something called glucagon. What about insulin? Where does that sit? Yeah. Oh, sorry. Insulin's anabolic. Not, uh, sorry. You didn't even mention it. So that's yeah, what yeah. I was asking. Insulin's yeah. anabolic. Cortisol is not anabolic. I got, I got confused a little bit. Sorry. Cortisol. As you can tell, this catabolic. is not... Catabolic. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> this is not my exact area of expertise, <laughs> um, but, um, you know, something I'm, I'm pretty interested in. So, um, so you, you, can you actually influence testosterone production in your body naturally, like through, through strength training, through diet and nutrition? Like, is there, is there ways to increase testosterone levels? Yeah, definitely. And the type of exercises and things that you do, do make a big difference. Mm-hmm. Um, testosterone is a really interesting one. And, you know, there's actually a generational thing, which is pretty interesting given the three of us are about, you know, 10, 10 years apart. Uh, well, Maybe. Shit. <laughs> Thanks, boys. <laughs> Maybe about 30 years for me. But. Well, well uh, something I've been reading um, is saying that, you know, subsequently every 10 years, the average testosterone declines by about 1%. So, you know, men are becoming less testosterone, um, uh, having lower levels of testosterone as, you know, society moves on. And, you know, for a variety of reasons, you know, food supply. Um, you know, lack of exercise. And so each generation, the testosterone levels are lower. Yeah, and you know this. It's that would explain a lot, actually. Yeah. With you too. Yeah. Hell. What do you mean? You, well, you you're supposed to be in your t- testosterone prime, and I probably got you, yeah, I reckon, in that area. And I'm no, I'm kidding. Maybe twenty years ago. <laughs> so it, so it's bull. declining by generation, but it also declines by age. You hit a certain peak, right, and then it starts to sort of drop off. Exactly. Yeah. But um, the generational um, dip in testosterone is actually you know, so profound that um, something that might have been considered healthy testosterone levels a few years ago, um, I mean, something that might have been considered a low testosterone level a few years ago is now considered healthy because, you know, the, it's based on the average testosterone levels of the population. That's interesting. should um, look that up later as to why that sort of, why that's happening. Yeah. Like what, what sort of things are happening? Is it is it diet related? Is it I don't know. Guys, just getting in more in touch with their uh, their feminine side, a bit more sensitive. That? Nothing, nothing wrong with it. Yeah, but um, you, I, I can as like a an older gentleman, um, I can see a shift. Oh, the world's gone soft. <laughs> well, that sounds like just an old like headbanger like me, but an um, geezer. <laughs> an old geezer. But you can definitely see a shift. Like young guys these days are a lot softer, and I don't mean soft in a bad way. They they are sort of more emotional. They are. Less masculine. Less masculine. Less traditionally masculine. Yeah. yeah. And look, that's that's not a bad thing, but um, that's why you guys all struggle to put on muscle and we don't. No, yeah. I'm kidding. <laughs> oh. <laughs> We're going to make this an intergenerational thing, are we? We yeah. probably should. Yeah. <laughs> I think I've got the sweet spot, you know, kind of the balance of the world. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Do you want to probably bring agree with that. Back up again? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I might put you in that uh, in-house category after yeah. that photo. <laughs> it's pretty gangster. But... Yeah. um. So testosterone, right? What you just mentioned, certain exercises that you can do to help 
give yourself a testosterone boost. So strength training actually does give you a short window of testosterone boost post-training. Yeah. Is this related to the anabolic window? Is that is that where that comes from? Um, well, the L- anabolic window is kind of all about, um, you know, nutrient absorption and, mm-hmm. you know, getting these nutrients in at the right time. But is that because... So, so what we're saying, protein synthesis mm-hmm. is heightened by more testosterone, right? Yep. So the more testosterone you've got post-workout would, in, would in theory, increase that protein synthesis. Yep. So that's why it is important to get those nutrients post-workout. Um, in theory, but what they've tested is they've actually, you know, measured these acute changes in tos- testosterone. He's going to he's going to ruin this with science. I know. Watch. So you know how we've been talking about this intergenerational gap of testosterone. That's talking about you know your 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 average testosterone levels. You know, um, but you know throughout the day and throughout um, the cycle of exercise, you do experience you know, fluctuations in all kinds of hormones, not just testosterone. When is testosterone at its highest? In the morning, isn't it? Um, Yes, but the ratio of testosterone to cortisol is um, is inferior in the morning. You know what what we talked about best time of day to train is probably you know the evening because this is when your testosterone and cortisol cortisol being a catabolic hormone is at the best as at the optimum uh, yeah. ratio. So if your testosterone is highest in the morning, and then it sort of dips off during the day by training later in the day, you can help to elevate those testosterone levels at, at another stage in the day as well. So it does make sense going back to a previous podcast to help sort of more hormonal testosterone releases throughout the day to train later in the day. Yeah. So, yeah, and exercise does stimulate this, you know, testosterone release, but certain types of exercise actually suppresses testosterone. Yeah. You know, extended endurance exercise actually suppresses testosterone release. What are we talking like long distance running and Yeah, so basketball, anything over oh, no. anything <laughs> over 90 to 120 minutes. Right. Right. So you remember we're talking about anabolics, things that build things up. So, mm-hmm. you know, testosterone is anabolic. Your body requires it to build, uh, you know, all kinds of cells, like muscle cells, right? And muscle cells are being built to adapt to training. Now, um, during extended e- exercise, you have no uh, no reason to, to be building at, at that point in time, right? So your body is getting much more, um, you know, uh, efficient at breaking down things, more in this catabolic, um, you know, phase. It's looking for energy, right? Exactly. So, you know, uh, anabolic putting things together catabolic is taking things apart you know breaking down your protein and your um you know your your carbohydrate stores into blood sugar and you know supplying this energy into your body mm. and that's why you, obviously there's direct correlation between sort of the amount of muscle tissue that long distance runners carry obviously it's not it's not ideal for sort of a long distance runner to be carrying too much body weight, but that's why they don't carry too much muscle tissue either. Yeah. And their bodies generally, or a lot of the time in a catabolic state while they're, while yeah. they're exercising. Exactly. And actually men are more sensitive to this than, than women. Right. Um, and, you know, men typically of, um, you know, I don't really think you need to tell anybody this, but men do have higher levels of testosterone than women. And this is, you know, why typically men have bigger, Men of, men of our generation, anyway. Yeah, maybe not. Maybe not hell's. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you notice that a lot with women. Like, um, it, it's really hard to manipulate the amount of muscle tissue they have, but they're also they seem less susceptible to losing muscle tissue as well. Yeah, um, it's just they they sort of stay. At, you can see a, a girl that trains or a lady that trains it all the time. It's very hard for them to put on muscle, and this is probably directly related to the amount of testosterone in yeah, the body. Exactly. And, um, you know, another thing that you can do to increase testosterone is, you know, have sex. It's a sexual hormone. And Done. Done. One, is 
one day Hal will we'll understand the, what we're talking about. Maybe we should. Uh, <laughs> now, if you guys keep throwing shade my way, I'm going to throw something. Did you see the way he looked at me in the eyes then when he said that? That was so creepy. He was suggesting something. Ooh, I'm getting a hot flush. It might be hormones or it might be. Um, but it, it also dispels the, the myths of um, women that lift heavy in the gym will get too bulky and put on too much weight. Yeah. You, I think women should lift heavy and, and try to uh, try to train exactly like a man trains. Hundred um, percent. You you are limited by your hormones. Yeah. But it's but the, all the other added benefits of, of lifting heavy for women uh, are super important as well. Exactly. Bone density being one of them because they're more prone to osteoporosis and things like that. Mm-hmm. And things like that. Oh man! Uh-huh. Now I'm that guy that says and things like that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But if you got rid of it, how'd you get rid of that oh, saying? I just, um, you know, just did things like I that. I just did other over- other things like this. You've <laughs> 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 been overcompensating with the word um. Uh, yeah, I have. <laughs> um, yeah, so from a, from a male perspective, testosterone critical. And it can be boosted by strength training. Yeah. Well, not just from a male perspective. Of course, it is important um, for females as well. You know, females do have testosterone. It's very important. Um, hormone in life and in exercise adaptation. So um, the important thing to consider when we're talking about um, testosterone and exercise is that the intensity of the exercise is actually what matters a lot. And um, not just testosterone, human growth hormone as well, which is another um, anabolic hormone. HGH. Yes, you know, Sylvester Stallone's favorite um, favorite thing. He got banned <laughs> from entering Australia for having something like 30 vials in his uh, in his bag. Uh, yeah, yeah. Wow. Apparently, um, he, his hotel room got raided, allegedly. I don't know for sure. Got raided, and, or he got wind of it, and he threw a whole heap of vials out the hotel window. No. Yeah. yeah. But anyway. Was this back when he was a porn star or when he was oh, <laughs> This was... It was not that long that ago. long ago. Yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, growth hormone's been linked a lot to anti-aging these days. Um, I don't think there's a lot of science behind growth hormone actually like increasing muscle mass. Um, maybe not for muscle mass, but there's definitely some um, performance enhancing benefits of, of growth hormone. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, um, one of the important things is, is fat loss with, with growth hormone. And, you know, like I said, intensity, exercise intensity is quite important for these hormones to be released, right? So, you know, when I'm talking about intensity, I'm talking about, you know, heavier weights or something like sprinting. You know, this is why I'm such a big fan of sprinting because it gives you a big boost of testosterone, a big boost of growth hormone, and you know all these uh, all all, the, all these hormones, all these endorphins, which um, you know make you feel good after you do something that's high intensity. Mm. So, growth hormone can help with with fat loss. Yep. Um, Does it have an impact on your hairline? It has an. Im- it actually helps to grow skeletal, really, like your bones. Okay. Yeah. That's why you see like a lot of guys that are using copious amounts of growth hormone their hands are giant their foreheads their jaws yeah well yours yours are giant because they were giant as a baby but um yeah it it, it can influence the Mm. yeah bone growth yeah i just just heard um hannibal burris accused uh, lebron james of using hgh on an open my open mic eagle album because he said that's why his hairline is always receding. No, I don't think. I think that's just genetics. Yeah, <laughs> I, don't, I don't know about that. Or creatine. Hannibal Buress just accusing everybody of things. <laughs> <laughs> Comedian yeah. accusing yeah. a professional athlete. And no it was way. Like a hip hop album, so not exactly. You know. Yeah, but um, so growth hormone actually has heaps of benefits. So I'm just going to read them out. Growth hormone is actually a protein, isn't it? Yeah, it's so amino acid peptide mm-hmm. type 
hormone, right? So, you know, like I said, um, um, some hormones are made out of amino acids, but, you know, like you mentioned, amino acids like letters of the alphabet, peptides are like words, or even chapters of a book. Some of these peptides are, in fact, hormones. So, right. I mean, some of these hormones are, in fact, peptides, like human growth hormone and insulin. These are some pretty famous ones. So human growth, growth hormone is produced naturally in the body? Yep. Where is it produced? In the pituitary gland yep so um glands glands are a very interesting topic mm. glands are what produce testosterone Ooh. i mean yeah. hormones hormones <laughs> yes <laughs> so um you know you've got all, all kinds of glands throughout your body um some pretty famous ones you know your pituitary gland your thyroid gland your adrenal gland you know even your um your gonads um uh, have uh, glandular functions but you know what they call the master gland is the pituitary Pituitary gland. Pituitary gland. It's a hard word to say. I know. Say it three times fast. I can't. Pituitary, pituitary, pituitary. It's not bad. You <laughs> yeah, go, how? That's pretty good. No. Anyway, so uh, like I said, hom- some hormones, you know, only exist to uh, signal other hormones. So, you know, from the pituitary gland. You got it. Pituitary gland. Um, uh, um, actually, you know, signals some hormones to... Um, to cascade the release of others. So it's mainly released sort of post-exercise and during sleep, yeah? Yeah. Um, so and th- trauma. Yeah, there is some mm. uh, relation to growth hormone and trauma. You know, um, it's all about building and repairing. As you experience trauma, uh, you know, you may need to have some uh, growth and repair. But um, growth hormone also decreases blood sugar utilization, decreases gl- glycogen synthesis, increases amino acid transport into cells and protein synthesis, increases fat breakdown, increases collagen synthesis and cartilage growth, Increases retention of nitrogen, sodium, potassium, phosphorus, increases kidney flow and filtration, and enhances immune function. So, you know, typical anabolic functions, which we, we talked about. You'd be marked down in a university presentation for using palm cards for that, mate. Minus 10%. Hey, this is not university, buddy. <laughs> They're his own palm cards, though. Yeah. <laughs> Who doesn't use their own palm cards? Well, I don't know. <laughs> Imagine the size of Hal's palm cards that he'd yeah. need. They'd be like A3 pieces of paper. Exactly. <laughs> Um, so yeah, so, so some tips for you know boosting growth hormone. Yes, that's um, my next question. How did you know? Well, uh, I sometimes you know sometimes I just know these things. <laughs> um, exercise intensity, right? Like we talked about, you know, with testosterone. Sprints, sprints, high intensity. You know, lifting heavy weights. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, sometimes you see these guys that lift heavy weights and never do any cardio, <coughs> like me. <laughs> <laughs> you do cardio. You do sprints. I do. I do. But. Um, you know, some of these guys, they, they still stay incredibly lean, even though you would think just by lifting weights, it shouldn't necessarily um, have that effect because, you know, you're not burning as many calories in total. Mm. But um, um, exercise intensity is directly proportional to, um, you know, the amount of human growth hormone released and growth hormone has a big effect on, on fat. Yeah, and look, you see a lot of cardio bunnies in the gym as well and, and bunnies and what's the male version of bunnies? I don't know. And they basically just live on on cardio machines, and they Sw- always swag demons. Yeah, they always seem to stay the same. They find it hard to to lose fat. They find it hard to put on muscle. Um, the first place you should start in the gym is with some strength training. Yeah. I think. I think so. Because it's it's an all rounder. You, you're boosting these these hormones that we're talking about. You're putting on lean muscle tissue, and you're assisting fat loss anyway. I love the term cardio bunny. God, yeah, funny. <laughs> but yeah, um, it's not just physical. So, you know, growth hormone and other hormones are actually psychological. Really? So, so I can think, if I positively think that I'm going to produce more of these hormones, can that have an impact? Well, actually, stress 
and you know things like anxiety, fear, anger can actually induce the secretion of growth hormone. Anger. Anger. Yeah. Oh, that's why I've got so much growth hormone. Yeah. Well, you know, it's important to think of hormones as you know this feedback loop. Sometimes, um, you know, like it's all about homeostasis, right? You know, bringing your body back to this level. So, um, you know, if you have a high testosterone, you know, you, you might experience some anger. Likewise, if you're an angry guy, you might, you know, have this high testosterone naturally. Is that where the term roid rage comes from? Higher testosterone levels might lead to... Exactly. Nice segue. That's exactly where I was going. But, you know, it's something that's not exactly proved. But um, fun story. Once upon a time, back in the day. Is this a roid rage story? It's a roid rage story. Nice. Um, I saw this guy getting hyped in the gym. Monster <laughs> of a guy. He won't be named. Um, How? Yep. He was, um, wasn't exactly uh, natural. Like his... In other words, he was just to the to the girls. <laughs> he was hyping himself up. And um, what was he doing to hype himself up? Smacking himself around a bit in the mirror, right? He's looking. He's like, "Yes, yes, let's." Go. It was you know in the powerlifting context, time to lift some heavy weights, right? right so he's yeah. like, "Let's go, let's go." Heads butts the mirror, cracks the mirror, <laughs> his forehead starts bleeding. I was like, I've "This guy, this guy's onto something." <laughs> <laughs> but, he's on something, or he's onto something. <laughs> but yeah, you know, that's, that's kind of like the first exposure I've been to um, what I thought was road rage. I was like, "Okay, damn." That sounds so junky. Yeah. Uh, you see it. You see it in the gym. I see it in the gym still. Mm. People like mm. training partners smacking each other around the face, and I know they're trying to jab for a set, but come on, calm down. Yeah, and you know, <laughs> yeah, hormones affect your mood. They affect a lot of things, so it's important to have a good hormonal balance. And I think a lot of that is naturally. Like your character anyway. I think if you're a naturally angry guy, it's only going to exacerbate that. But if you're a pretty chill guy yeah, and, you, and you've got high testosterone, it does, it's not to say you're going to be an angry character. Duran's an angry man. No, he's not. What you call me? <laughs> he's the most level man I've ever, ever known. Um, insulin. Yeah. Well, before we get into that, oh, okay, there's, one, there's one tip for hell about oh, yeah. optimizing your growth hormone and your testosterone levels. Mm-hmm. Lift heavy. Avoid alcohol consumption. Oh yes, alcohol has a big is a big downer when it comes to testosterone production, isn't it? Yeah, massive downer. So um, you know, chronic alcohol consumption and definitely affects testosterone and growth hormone. It puts you in a, a catabolic state. In um, alcohol, to me, is the devil. Is sound it? like <laughs> sound like Bobby Boucher's mum <laughs> out of uh, um, the water boy. Oh, yeah. it, Football it, is yeah. the devil. <laughs> <laughs> It is. I don't. I just don't see the positive benefits of it. I, I get it. I get it. I've been a young guy. I've drank. I just don't. I just don't see the positive benefits of it. Mm. Fun. I understand that you can have fun without it, but you look at all the pros and cons. The cons far outweigh everything we've looked at. Gut health, mm. like testosterone, like it all comes. Like it's a regular theme that comes up. Alcohol is a suppression to all these things, or a. It's, yeah. The, the only thing is, you know, the one aspect of your life is... What we're really here for, Hal, <laughs> is an intervention. intervention. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Hal, you've been locked out of your house this weekend for... <laughs> <laughs> that was a real issue. I couldn't get into the fridge. Yeah. yeah. So, yeah, alcohol, terrible for testosterone production, hormone production. Yeah. And, you know, healthy reproduction and sleep cycle, and it's all related. So... Mm. Insulin. Insulin. Something that interests me, actually. Yeah? Why is... <laughs> well, back when I first started training, I, I and look, this is I didn't know a lot about nutrition or anything like that. I would um, I would try and create an insulin spike post workout mm-hmm. because insulin, like, it, it is an anabolic hormone. In- insulin's considered 
the most anabolic hormone, mm. you know, like we talked about putting things together. Insulin, um, you know, it's all about putting things together and, um, you know, um, shuttling this, these nutrients into your cells. Yeah, look, it has, it has a few functions of the body. It's made sort of in the pancreas. It can help regulate blood sugar levels, mm-hmm. um, but it's also an ana- anabolic hormone. Yeah. Um, I- is it an anabolic hormone because, because of the way it shuttles nutrients into the muscle cell? Is that the main reason? Yeah. So remember what we talked about. Remember the principles. I'm trying not to you know, get too um, caught up in the jargon and, and mm-hmm. things here, which uh, we're trying to mention. But the principles are you know, homeostasis right? and anabolic and catabolic. You know, some things put things, put nutrients and things together to return to homeostasis. Some things break things apart to give you this energy to return to homeostasis, right? Or to maintain homeostasis. So, um, you know, think about a meal, right? So, you know, Hal's sitting there with his hummus and crackers. Mm-hmm. Um, or his happy meal. Yep. His, his happy meal, all right? <laughs> this is going to give you, when you eat this meal, do you know what happens? You get a bit of a blood sugar spike, right? Yes. So, you know. So you get a big rush of sugar into the bloodstream. Yeah. And so how does your body counteract that sugar rush? So, your body counteracts that sugar rush via insulin, right? So, in, in, insulin helps um, lower your blood sugar by, by shuttling glucose into your cells, right? Taking it out of your blood into your cells. Right. Right? So, um, if you, um, it's either stored in your cells as something called glycogen, you know, which we all talked about, right? So glycogen, uh, you know, can readily be converted to glucose, which, you know, um, can be used for energy later. Or um, insulin causes this extra blood sugar to be converted into and stored for much later use as fat. Right. Right. So So insulin can be both effective and a bad thing as well. Yeah. So effective straight after training, obviously, because it's helping to shuttle those nutrients into the muscle. But... Would it then leave your blood sugar level, like if insulin is released in your body, it's taken all the sugar out of your blood, sort of shuttled it into the muscle, would your blood sugar levels then be lower? Um, yes, but it would, be, it would lower it into you know, the level that it needs to be, the, you know, the, the homeostatic level. Can it, if you're getting too much sugar, can you get a bigger insulin release and then it sort of leaves you with low blood sugar levels and craving more so, food or is that... So insulin's not the only, only thing, in, the only hormone in this, in this cycle, right? Insulin has an important partner, you know, let's call it a dance partner mm-hmm. for the sake of it, right? It's called glucagon, right? So when your blood sugar... Sounds le- like a transformer. Yeah. Glucagon. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's actually like a pretty, uh, pretty cool name if you think about it, right? When it your is. glucose is gone... It's time for glucagon, right? <laughs> All right. <laughs> I didn't make that up. That's, like, that's actually what this thing's called, right? So, so if your blood sugar levels are low, what glucagon does, right? It's the opposite effect of insulin. It's a catabolic effect. So what it does, it takes your blood sugar out of your cells into your bloodstream so you've got sufficient blood sugar. Right. Right. So, you so know, they're working, sort of interacting. Exactly. So uh, you know how, how problems with insulin occurs is you lose your sensitivity to insulin, right? So an insulin comes in and signaling your body to um to you know shuttle these nutrients into your cells um sometimes you know like i talked about the lock and the key um sometimes you run out of locks right so you've got all these keys which is the insulin floating around but your you know your your insulin sensitivity your you know your your you know receptiveness to this insulin is is decreased right so um what happens is is eventually some people lose sensitivity to insulin altogether. This is called diabetes. Right. Yeah. 
So what are people with, like, and I know this is a whole different thing. So di- people with diabetes need to do their best to regulate their blood sugar level so that they're not getting these sort of spikes and troughs. Yeah, yeah. exactly. So, um, you know, what can you do to keep your insulin sensitivity high? Exercise, you know, muscle mass. Mm-hmm. Muscle mass plays a big, uh, big role, right? Why does it play a big role? Is it your ability to store blood or glycogen? Well, glycogen. Mu- muscle tends to have a significant amount of, you know, insulin receptors. Right. So, you know, having these these keys for the locks allows, um, you know, your body to, to, to utilize this insulin correctly. Are you mm-hmm. trying to say something? <laughs> yeah. I so I'm trying to say you should start lifting, how? <laughs> so for, for sports people, people training at the gym or athletes, should we be creating an, uh, an insulin spike post-workout? You don't need to be creating it. It's, al- it's, it's already happening. It's already happening when you when you consume any nutrients. Right. Well, so not any nutrients, but you know the right nutrients. Nutrients have an insulin index, like they do a glycemic index, and it's not always you know directly related. Yep. Like so, for example, something like rice has a, a has a pretty high glycemic index, but a pretty low insulin index. Mm-hmm. So, right. Yeah. So though it's sort of um, it's converted into in, into sugar quickly. Yeah. It. It's glycemic, in, so its insulin impact is actually low. Yeah. Right. So um, so all these right, – I've seen a lot of guys, this is what they do, right? They, they bring their protein shake to the gym and they load it up with like glucose or fast-release carbs straight up. So they're having it straight after a workout and you have a chat to them and um, you say, why, why are you consuming 60, 80 grams of carbs post-workout? And it's to create an insulin spike. Yeah. What a lot of people don't know is it doesn't take anywhere near that amount to create an insulin spike. Yeah. And sometimes if you get enough protein, that can actually create an insulin spike. Yeah. So, you know, insulin is an interesting one. But when it comes to training and, you know, building muscle and, you know, optimizing uh, fat, it's all about the balance, right? It's, it's balancing the anabolic effects with the fat storage effects, yes. right? So, you know, you want insulin to, to build, um, to, to help contribute this nutrient absorption into your muscle, but you don't want you know too much insulin because then you're just going to be storing a lot of this um, you know blood sugar these nutrients from your diet as fat, mm. right? So um, you know that's why it's it's quite favorable to keep your insulin sensitivity high, right? You know I would say you know insulin sensitivity is more important for training than you know focusing on you know what's actually happening. So um, you know many over fat in- people may want to avoid insulin release, right? Over fat, you know fat people. Right, okay, I thank try, you. I tried to be polite. <laughs> you were going to say overweight, yeah. Yeah. over fat. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, you know, if you, if you have too much fat, you know, insulin's, it's, it's, it's what's making you store this fat, right? Right. At the end of the day. So you, you, people may want to avoid that. But, you know, obviously insulin is very important when it comes to building muscle and things. So you should try and keep your uh, insulin sensitivity, sensitivity high. How do you do that? So, you know, we just talked about, you know, exercising. Mm-hmm. Exercising, uh, you know, a solid solid amount per week um you know muscle having a significant amount of muscle mass is gonna uh, gonna help you um you know that's why they say uh you know it's easier for people with muscle to lose fat but you know it's directly related to all these hormonal benefits of having more muscle mm-hmm. more muscle mass um you know some nutrients omega-3s vitamin d um you know high intakes of vegetables so whole grains legumes lean proteins nuts and seeds all of that's going to help keep your insulin sensitivity high Limiting caffeine, right? I'm a caffeine junkie a little bit, mm-hmm. but um, so you got to limit it. That has an impact as well. Yeah, um, you know, 
um, regular tea consumption can help, and uh, you know, good sleep. Sleep also affects your insulin sensitivity. Mm. Yeah. We've talked about sort of all the the positive hormones. Oh, we didn't talk about what's bad for insulin sensitivity. Or okay. Yes. Yeah. So highly processed carbs is the number one enemy of insulin sensitivity. There you go. So you know when we say sugars, sugars are bad and and refined sugars. Exactly. But you know what's at the end of the day, sugars, sugar, carbs are carbs, calories are calories. But you know if you're looking at a long term picture, insulin sensitivity um, is adversely affected by having more refined carbs. And this is where I sort of come back and have a tiny debate on calories in versus calories out. Mm. type of calories you're eating can have a hormonal impact as well. It can. So it's not always just calories in versus calories out. It's the type of calories and the hormonal impact that some of those calories can, can have on your body. Yeah. Um, cortisol. Cortisol. So A catabolic hormone. Yeah. So we talked about some of the, the, some of the anabolic ones, but yeah, let's touch on cortisol. You know, is, it, the, is it in any way related to cortisone? Um, well, cortisone is a glucocorticoid, so it is part of like the same family. But um, cortisol is, you know, what we talk about is the stress hormone. You know, um, cortisol is highest in the morning, so you know when you wake up. Uh, is that because you just gone eight hours without any nutrition, or why is that? Is is it just your um, body regulates it that way? We don't know. Um, why is it high in the morning? Um, don't know. I just don't know. is. Yeah, I don't know. I don't <laughs> Sorry, man. I we'll come back to I that. I don't know everything. Hal, look that up. Why is <laughs> cortisol first, highest first thing in the morning? Yeah. So, you know, we <laughs> talked about... Anabol- so, it's actually produced by the adrenal glands, right? Cortisol. Yeah. And it's a steroid hormone. Exactly. So, steroid hormone being, you know, this lipid-soluble yes. hormone, meaning it can it works inside your cell, mm-hmm. right? So, um, cortisol is, is, is very important. And, you know, we talked about all these anabolic, um, you know, anabolic hormones that build things up. And, you know, when we mean build things up, it's like taking these amino acids that you've digested and building them into proteins like your muscle. Cortisol does the exact opposite. It breaks down the proteins, you know, proteins such as muscle, and releases them into your bloodstream as, as amino acids to do whatever, whatever functions they need to do. Right. So, so, so is co- your body producing cortisol from training in stressful situations like a game or a run? Or a it, it, it's part of the stress response, right, to, to yep. a lot of things. And, you know, training is a stressor, but, um, you know, it's... Um, it's obviously bad from a muscle breakdown perspective. Yeah, but you need that stress response exactly in order to adapt, right? Yeah, so there's something called the inflammatory response, which we won't go into, but cortisol plays a key role in this inflammatory response. And, you know, exercising is uh, obviously related to inflammation, right? So um, cortisol is necessary for recovery from injuries because, it, you know, any, any injury you get has some kind of... Uh, inflammation response which um we won't we won't get into because it's, it's a bit of a complicated thing, well, it's a response that your body undergoes to to help repair that injury right yeah you're getting all this inflammation in that area um and that is caused by cortisol exactly so you actually um release cortisol th- as pulses throughout the day so um cortisol secreted throughout the day as 7 to 15 pulses of cortisol Throughout the day. Yeah. Does it depend on what you're doing or is it just releasing them regardless? It, it, de- it depends on what you're doing as well. So, um, you know, the, the type of exercise you're doing, again, is quite important. So, um, you know, like we talked about endurance training, um, particularly running is linked to, you know, protein loss from muscle because, you know, muscle is inefficient for running. Is that how you run? <laughs> this is the last time I ran. I was like, <laughs> 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 it's like you were running backwards. <laughs> um, yeah. So, and is this why... They they recommend well I don't know who they are but the recommendation is that you 
sort of get your strength training workouts done within sort of an hour? Uh, is is this cortisol related or is that more um, yeah, I, I, nutrient related? Well, it, it, it is cortisol related, but remember, it's, it's all about these, um, you know, this, the signaling molecules, they all play a relationship together, you know? So, um, you know, extended training is going to have this effect of, you know, putting you in a catabolic environment where you will need to break down your muscles and cortisol is, you know, what facilitates that catabolic environment. Mm-hmm. And, you know, the type of exercise that you do makes a big difference to, you know, your, your acute cortisol response. So, you know, like I said, running is, uh, you know, it's, it's going to be more efficient in running. You don't need as big muscles as, you know, if, if, you, if you're lifting weights. So uh, it's important to, to distinguish between, you know, the acute cortisol releases that you get and, the, you know, the chronic cortisol levels, like we talked about testosterone, you know, the, the spikes, but also, you know, the long-term levels, which the, the average amount, which is important. A lot of runners out there are going to kill us. Um, yeah. <laughs> that's changing a bit in running, though. Like you see guys like Dave Goggins and Cameron Haynes. These, are, these guys are like ultra-marathon runners. Yeah. They're lifting weights as well to yeah. counteract that, this sort of m- loss of muscle tissue. Um, and they, these guys are elite. They're, they're running a marathon a day, hmm. um, sometimes more. And they're competing in 200-mile ultra-marathon races, uh, and they're quite jacked. Yeah. So, um, but yeah, go on. Sorry to interrupt. Oh, no. So, yeah, like I was saying, you know, cortisol actually um, causes particularly type 2 muscle to break down. So, fast twitch muscle, you know, the sprint muscle. Um, this is inef- inefficient for, um, you know, in any endurance activity. Mm-hmm. Um, but, you know, for, for sport, it's, it's quite important because you do want to switch between your energy systems, like we talked about on previous podcasts. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so this acute in- increase in cortisol following exercise also stimulates, you know, this inflammatory response. So, like I said, you know, it's part of the inflammatory response. But um, um, you know, only only um, you know cortisol and this inflammatory response can help repair damage caused by um, caused by some exercise. Interesting. Do we find out why cortisol is higher in the morning? Um, something to do with the fact that it helps wake you up. Oh. yeah. Might be something to do with the see the, th- the circadian th- rhythm. Yeah. Mm. The thing with hormones is, you know, is it this happening because of the hormone or is the hormone level high, you know, because of this? So What came first, the chicken or the egg? Exactly. The, e- the egg. But who, who laid the egg? Uh, can we figure out your hip-hop album name? <laughs> Chronic cortisol. <laughs> Chicks and eggs. Chronic cortisol. <laughs> yeah. Featuring a Dr. Dre. The Chronic yeah. Cortisol 2021. That's yeah. the catabolic kid. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, anything else you want to touch on on hormones? It's a very complex subject and we could be here for days and days, but I'm just very wary of overloading listeners. Um, we, we could potentially get a hormone expert in at a later stage. And yeah, but I think so. we've sort of covered some of the basics. One thing I wanted to know, you touched on before, quickly, before we finish up. Certain exercises can help sort of boost testosterone growth hormone more than others. What, what are those exercises? What should we be incorporating into our training sessions to maximize that? Yeah, so, it, you know, it's all about exercise intensity. So, you know, um, think about intensity as, uh, you know, how hard something is over, you know, a shorter period. So, uh, you know, something like, like running is hard, but, you know, over a short period, it's not intense, you know. So the, the intensity, um, you know, favors an anabolic environment, favors you know, high levels of anabolic hormones, testosterone, insulin, growth hormone, right? Um, these less intense exercise um, for prolonged periods of time might favor, you know, a catabolic environment because you do need to break things down to, to perform in this, um, you know, longer um, 
exercise states. So, such as, catabolic hormones, such as, you know, cortisol. Right. Yeah. So, exercises, increased intensity. So, the, the exercises that, that are going to create the highest intensity. Squats, deadlifts. Squats, deadlifts, sprints. Sprints. Uh, full body exercises. Right. Um, you know, um, pull-ups, um, all these kinds of things. Big sort of compound movements. Exactly. Cool. Cool. So, you know, um, the, the final point which I want to talk about with hormones is, is doping. Yes. Right. So, okay. Geez, you're usually one to stay away from this topic. Yeah. So, you know, doping, um, hormones are of particular interest when it comes to doping, right? So we know that, you know, testosterone, growth hormone, they have such a big anabolic effect when it comes to building, you know, muscle and, you know, improving performance and growth and fat loss and all these things that people sometimes seem to manipulate this by, you know, introducing some external, um, external hormones, also known as steroids, right? Mm. Which, you know... Testosterone is, is a steroid hormone. So this is why, you know, when you inject testosterone, it's colloquially, colloquially known as steroids, right? So, um, um, you know, we talked about, you know, the acute, acute levels of testosterone not having that much of an effect. Um, but, you know, by injecting um, testosterone, for example, it keeps your testosterone levels, you know, higher for longer than a typical exercise bout would. So, um, you know, it would put you in an anabolic environment for a longer state. Right. So, you know, so... So what are you advocating here? So, so uh, <laughs> you know, in, using anabolic steroids allow you to, you know, recover much quicker and, you know, build muscle much, much better. But, you know, if you're sitting at home playing video games and using steroids, it's not going to instantly give you more muscle, right? It's all about your recovery and adaptation process. Yeah, and I think this is why a lot of athletes use them. And we're not definitely not advocating them because there's so many other um, health effects that you can have. But, um, yeah, it, it, I think performance-wise... Yeah, and I guess, you know, a hot topic right now is SAMs or, you know, selective androgen receptor modulators. So, you know, I talked about the keys like testosterone binding to the androgen receptor. Mm -hmm. So you think about SAMs, selective androgen receptor modulators as, you know, fake keys that bind to um, your androgen receptors in your body. They're not Mm. testosterone themselves. So, um, you know, some of them don't even actually suppress your testosterone production. But when you do have, uh, you know, something like testosterone introduced, you know, this is why your balls shrink. Right, because you don't need to produce as much testosterone, so because you, you're getting it from an external source. So this is why a lot of guys on steroids, you know, have all these erectile problems, and um, and it can be lifelong, long, long. It takes a long time for your body to sort of switch back on. Yeah, and you know, a, a lot is not understood about you know being in this anabolic environment for so long. You know, catabolic sounds bad because you're breaking down your muscles, but it's critically important because you need to release energy, right? So um, you know, having steroids, the long-term effects are not well known. You know, Arnold Schwarzenegger. These guys back in the day when they were experimenting with steroids, it, it was the great unknown. And, you know, you can see a lot of these guys are having problems right now. And Arnold Schwarzenegger just had an operation. Second second heart operation to yeah. replace valves. and Exactly. Like, so, you know. To yeah, it causes the, like it enlarges organs as well. Like, yeah. It, like your heart, your heart's forced to work a lot harder. It actually causes stiffness of your, um, you know, a lot of your um, arteries and things like that. Damn. Yeah. yeah. One, one other um um, don't do steroids, kids. kids. Don't please don't do steroids. Steroids are bad. Yeah, uh, and I guess you know another one, an interesting hormone is EPO, erythropoietin, which is the uh, Lance Armstrong drug. You know the Tour de France uh, steroid of choice. So you know what erythropoietin does is just a hormone, like any other hormone, signaling molecule that uh, you know causes you to ramp up the production of red blood cells. Right, more red blood cells means more oxygen transport in your in your in your blood. So it makes you a cardio king. It makes you a cardio king. The ultimate cardio bunny. Exactly. So, um, 
you know, and you know, we kind of talked about how hormones are, you know, they help maintain this homeostasis. So something called blood doping is where people take their own blood and take it out of the body and refrigerate it, something like 10% of the blood volume and reintroduce it at a later date. So they got a higher volume of blood in their body, which is higher concentration of oxygen. Well, actually, it, it causes a hormonal cascade, which causes you to produce, you know, um, high levels of EPO. Right. So it's 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 a complicated uh, you know dance hormones. Mm. Um, th- this 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 balance to homeostasis or to you know a new uh, you know desired homeostasis. And look, no one knows that any better than Russian scientists, right? Yeah, and you know, <laughs> well, uh, <laughs> I've, I've watched um, um, Icarus. Icarus, right? And uh, these Russian scientists are the kings of it. They're all over it. But um, you know, so we're talking about EPO, not you know, there's. It, it's one of the most famous doping agents in the world, but um, you know, there's there's more than one way to increase EPO, right? You know, the old school way of, of doping was to actually inject EPO, the hormone itself, right? But you know, testing methods can pick this up. Um, so you know, cheetahs got a bit more sophisticated and started, you know, I- injecting blood, blood doping, like we just talked about, this mechanism of trying to increase your, your EPO. You know, is that it? why this um, bo- this passport was created? Because what what's this passport? <laughs> this passport. No, they in in the Tour de France. Like there was like this. Um, I don't know the technical name for it, but um, because the guys weren't using EPO anymore, they were using these blood doping methods. There was no way of sort of catching them injecting EPO. So what they're taking is sort of regular tests of like their their blood levels over a certain amount of time. If there's any variation in that. They can attribute it to like blood doping. Yeah. 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 So um, I guess that's why they do it. But yeah. So as you, you know, number one, inject erythropoietin, EPO. Number two, blood doping, right? So you've got more blood, more transport, more oxygen transport. Number three is actually a legal way. Legal or illegal? Legal. Right. Train at high altitudes. Ooh. Right. Nuggets. So, you know, you're, you're in a low oxygen environment. So a hormonal response is to, you know, to ramp up your EPO production and become uh you know, more efficient. So this is why, you know, some people train in high altitude environments before um, competitive events. You see it, at, um, you see when the UFC has a, an event over in, in, in Denver. Mm. Um, yeah, the, the guys that have trained at sort of sea level, they get up there and they, they try to fight and they're gassed out within a minute. That's why typically the Nuggets have uh, better one cardio. Of, one of the best home records for the last two decades. Denver, Denver, you know, mm. up, up in the mountains. So, mm. Yeah. Yeah, and that's why a lot of a lot of there's a lot of like machines and yeah. So the fourth way, yeah, are these you know altitude chambers. Yes. So you're in a chamber simulating this high altitude environment. So you don't have to live in a shithole like Denver. Yeah. Yeah. No, it's actually a <laughs> nice place. But then you know it becomes a bit of a philosophical environment. You're in, making a machine to increase your, your, you know, your hemoglobin levels, your red blood cells. Sounds legit to me. Well, you know, why why is that? you know, approved and something like blood doping, not, you know, it's a bit of a well, philosophical a thing. You're, you're making a machine, whereas, you know, taking your, bl- your own blood and re-injecting it, you know, it's... Um, yeah, look, it's I, I see the debate, but it's no different from the, the sauna debate or the ice bath debate where you're sort of using utilizing a certain machine or environment to, to enhance recovery or whatever it is. Exactly. And, you know, in my opinion, I guess, you know, if you're injecting something in... Um, even if it's your own blood? Even if it's your own blood, uh, I would say that's cheating, you know? Whereas if it's a change of environment or, you know, just use a technology, then I guess it's a, it's fair play. Yeah. Yeah. So, Agreed. Yeah. Good point to end on um, on hormones there with some chat about doping. Yeah. Well. Don't, don't dope. <laughs> <laughs> um, okay. 
I think we've summarised that enough. I think we've confused listeners yeah. well and truly, but that's yeah. sort of really top line. So we might go into depth a little bit more in a later episode. Just want to make sure that, you know, when I said uh, cortisol was an anabolic hormone, uh, I meant insulin. So, you know, cortisol is definitely catabolic. Nice. Nice disclaimer. Listener questions. Do we have any? We do have a couple. Uh, one from Subash Rajendra, uh, who asked me personally, actually, uh, is it more important really? to warm Is Subash up? a friend? Yeah. Okay. He's a mate of mine. But I told yeah. him to go through the uh, the Masashi Instagram. <laughs> okay. He said, um, is it more important to warm up or warm down stretching included? And I just want to clarify, I had this conversation with Jiren earlier. Obviously, the answer is both. But if you had to choose between one or the other, which is more important? Thoughts, Ross? Warming up or warming down? I would say warming up definitely would be more important than the other. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You can't go from a rested state straight into intense exercise without some sort of warm up. I, def- I definitely agree. You know, you. I think they're both important, but cooling down, depending on when you're training, you're naturally going to cool down if you're still staying somewhat active. Mm. Like if you've just finished at the gym and you don't have time for a cool down, mm. you're walking wherever it is you need to go. You're giving your chance to, you're giving your body a chance to cool down anyway. But if you're going from a, a seated state, you've just got out of a three-hour meeting, mm. and then you get up off your seat and go to the gym and try and lift heavy weights straight away, that's a recipe for disaster. He's, um, he's a football player, personally. Right. So I, it's the same go for cardio? Yeah, I would say so. Y- yeah, I would say so, definitely. And and you'll I'll notice it, especially in jiu-jitsu, mm-hmm. if I have not warmed up before my first round, I am gassed mm. at the end of that first round. But if I've sort of got a little bit of a huff on, a little bit of a sweat on, Generally, at the end of the first round, I'm, I'm good. I don't know why that is. I notice the same in basketball, actually. Yeah, so if you're going from just like a stagnant state to intense exercise, it, mm. it impacts you. Um, what were we just saying before? I had a point to make on the... Warm, warming down, cool, walking home. Oh, stretching. Yeah. I don't recommend st- st- intense stretching before strength training. Dynamic stretching beforehand is good, which... A yeah, little bit of dynamic stretching. Legs, um, etc. Yeah. yeah. It, it's because, you know, the muscular tightness is often quite important in, um, you know, specific movements and strength. So you, you don't want to lose that muscular tightness um, before. But yeah, some kind of warm-up, some kind of dynamic warm-up, mm. definitely the most important thing to do. You know, uh, one, of my, one of my good friends who's a, a physical therapist once told me, you know, um, always warm-up because it's, it's not a problem until it's a problem. Yeah. And I think as you get older as well, you, you'll need to warm up. <laughs> you'll need to warm up. It becomes more and more important until the point where your warm-up is actually longer than your workout. Yeah. If, yeah. if I had one piece of advice when I started powerlifting, it would be to warm up correctly and, you know, work on your mobility. Yeah. Yeah. Cool. Good question. Next one uh, from Keanu Tuatoka who asks, how long should you wait between working the same muscle group at the gym? Yeah, there's like a whole heap of sort of debate and a whole heap of results on this. And I think a lot of factors, it's like how many sets, how many reps, how heavy have you lifted, mm. how old are you, what's your recovery techniques like. Um, I think you can safely train a muscle group depending if there's a lot of soreness or tightness, probably two to three days after you've trained it. Myself, I, I, I don't. I leave it a bit longer because I'm a bit older. Mm. Um, but back in the day, yeah, I could I could train a certain muscle group every sort of two to three days if I really wanted to. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think um, we, we touched on it on the podcast with David Sinclair from um, New South Wales Institute of Sport, who's really, you know, a, a, a huge expert in this field. But 
Um, yeah, I, I would wait, um, you know, two or three days between muscle groups. Um, also bearing in mind that your legs tend to recover a bit faster than your upper body. Cool. I wish my legs recovered faster than my upper body. Mine are sore for a full five, six days after work. Like they just come good the day before I'm going to train them again. Really? Yeah. Wow. There's something wrong there. Yeah. Uh, I don't know. I, I, I used to squat, you know, three three times a week. No issue. Now Nowadays it's just... One and a half times a week. Yeah, look, and it <laughs> depends on volume as well. Like for a powerlifter, it's going to be very different. Mm. But if you're like a high volume bodybuilder style trainer where you're doing 20 plus sets on a certain muscle group, five, six exercises, mm. there's no way you're going to be able to smash it again like that in two to three days. Mm. You, know, you might need a full week. Fair mm. enough. So it depends what your goal is as well. Cool. Uh, sports news. Sports news, what do you got? Lovely. First of all, we have Loomis, Lewis Hamilton. Loomis. Loomis. I think we've got bigger <laughs> sports news than Loomis. Robert Whittaker. Okay, fine. We'll Robert Whittaker, we'll Masashi here. athlete, has okay. just beaten Jared Cannonier in the UFC over in Fight Island. Yeah, UFC 254. One of the <sighs> biggest, if not the biggest UFC of all time. Yep. He was time. the co-main event to um, Justin Gaethje and Khabib Nurmagomedov. And, uh, Good pronunciation. Yeah, and Rob looked amazing. Yeah, he did. Dropped him. I, I would say highly you know, technical. Yeah, it was like um, you know, I don't think I've ever seen Rob this good, and I've been watching him for quite a while. You know, mixing in some wrestling. Um, you know, just just the king of the ring. Really. Yeah, like he he, he maintained great um, great distance, and that jab was on oh. fire. It was sharp. It was quick. He was finding a home for that jab. Yeah, and you could see it on Kenanier's eye. You could, and um, it eventually just sort of took over, and and it opened up a few other things like a head kick and some. Yeah, almost got up. the finish. Almost got a submission as well. I know. He took it to the ground. Took Kenanier's back. It was good to see a sort of nice all rounder performance from Rob. Yeah. I was. I I was I shake whenever he like I get I'm that supportive of him I'm like shaking before one of his fights it was that yeah. I was pumped for it but he, he I couldn't even sit down I was yeah. just pacing up yeah. and down I was like let's go let's go <laughs> that was an awesome fight yeah um, wearing the you know the Reaper shirt representing signed 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 you sound like a couple of fanboys now but we oh, are I am yeah yeah um, and also another but, massage but props to Kenan, yeah. Props he, to Kennedy. He did he's well. He's so tough, yeah. And, Very you know, tough. almost gave Robert Wood to, to watch out for at the end. Yeah, Yeah. look, I think that um, makes Rob the clear cut um, next person to have a crack at the title. So Let's that'll go. be interesting. Yeah. But um, in true Rob fashion, yeah. he's going to go home, spend some time with his family. He's very much a humble family man. He's got his priorities right. Mm. Spend some time recovering and Putting whatever happens, happens. Yeah. Putting up the Christmas tree. Could Next fight, though, um, after the Rob was, you know, a big fight. Khabib. Khabib and, and Gaethje. And, you know, we'll, we'll touch on this in the sports picks. I lost. I picked Gaethje. And, um, look, Khabib's a man, isn't he? Yeah. What an animal. Crazy. The pace he puts on his opponent is next level. Like, Gaethje has got a great striking game, probably a, a better striking game than Khabib. But Khabib never allowed him to get set. He never allowed him to utilize his footwork. It was just pressure, pressure, pressure. And um, the end of the first round, Gaethje was gasping for air. Yeah. And, you know, Gaethje also from, you know, very high wrestling pedigree as well. You know, we thought he might have the tools, might have the answer for Khabib. But look, he avoided a couple of takedowns, but it's also sort of a, a well-known fact that wrestlers do not like being on their back. Um, Khabib 
was able to take him down, mount him, take his basically take his back, do whatever he sort of wanted. There was a armbar attempt end of first round, and then sort of a couple of minutes into the second round, he um, hmm. got to mount and got a mounted triangle and rolled off and finished. Yeah, it was crazy. So is, is I, Khabib the greatest of all time? No, I, I think if he kept who's, who's the greatest? If he kept fighting. <laughs> He would be the greatest of all time. I yeah. think he's going out in his prime, which is cool. That's ad- admirable. But he's he's got a great record, 29-0, never been beaten. But he's like, what is it, 9-0 in the UFC or something? Yeah. And so a lot of his fights... three or four title defenses, yeah. That's it. So when you look at greatest of all time, uh, there's a lot of things. There's longevity. There's the quality of the opponents. There is how many title defenses. There is he's won in dominant fashion against everyone, so he's definitely up up there. He's top three, I reckon. Yeah, I would say most dominant, but you know, greatest of all time, probably still John Jones. At this John Jones, GSP. There's a potentially uh, Anderson it's, Silva. It's going to change yeah. every era. Like not mm. too long ago, we were all saying Anderson Silva. Yeah, and now it's Khabib, or John Jones, and now it's Khabib, and mm. before Anderson Silva, it was Fedor. So yeah. Speaking of, speaking of greatest of all time. The Melbourne Storm. The Melbourne Storm. <laughs> Another. Mm-hmm. Masa- what a great weekend for Masashi. Oh. The Melbourne Storm killed it in the grand final, beating the Panthers. What's the final score? 26-20? 26-20, yep. Killed it. Yep. Yeah, crazy. 22-0 at halftime. I, I was watching. I was like, oh, okay, that game over. They definitely had double scoop pre-workout um, yep. before, <laughs> before looked, the looked game. Like Craig, Craig Bellamy had some as well yeah. <laughs> in the <laughs> coach's booth. the end so. of the game. But um, yeah, we've been supporting the Storm for I think it's thirteen years now, and it's 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 the only reason they're successful. No, <laughs> it is um, great to support uh, a, a team like that. such a highly professional outfit from the coach, administration, all the way down to the players. Yeah, congrats to all the guys, and shout out to Masashi athlete um, Cam Munster. Yeah. Hopefully, he ke- he holds on to that mustache. <laughs> That's beautiful. It's like yeah. a giant caterpillar. That thing, I love it. Yeah, I need to. I need to up my game. <laughs> you do. You need to really embrace it and and work on the thickness of the mo. Yeah. We also saw uh, Richmond win the AFL Grand Final. Richmond. A previous Masashi. Yeah, yeah, previous Masashi. T- uh, we've looked after them, those guys in the past. So congrats to Richmond. Yeah. Um. You know. Did you watch the game? I, d- I didn't watch it. You know. Did you watch it, Hal? No. Um. Put of a. Bit of a pouring rain uh, showdown, showdown I heard. Um, entertaining. Entertaining game. nonetheless, yeah. Congrats to Richmond. Mm. And uh, finally in sports news, Loomis Hamilton. Lewis <laughs> Hamilton. <laughs> Loomis. Is, now has the most, most wins in Formula One. Yeah, just broke the Michael. unbreakable record of my, Michael Schumacher. Michael Schumacher. No one ever thought that record would be broken. No, Lewis Hamilton's been getting it done consistently. He has. Yeah. Just like his um, hair transplants. <laughs> well, whoa! Well, a lot of time Ouch. in that in that helmet, moving at three hundred and fifty k's an hour. So Let's just ground know. that hair away. Yeah. <laughs> now, like, what an amazing driver. Yeah, and you know, like, people think you know Formula One's a bit of a game. You know, it's definitely you know an intense sport. I've, I've met a few of those. They are high level athletes. They all train. They're all lifting weights. They're all doing intense cardio exercise. Go drive one of those cars. At those speeds, in that heat, for that amount of time, 
and tell me they're not athletes. Yeah. I know Hal hasn't been on the freeway yet, but drive any anything that speed. <laughs> Still learning how to drive Hal. But, uh, um, you know. one of those little go-karts. Um, it's, it, karts. it's insane, the reaction time and, you know, precision and handling that you need. Mm. Um, and, and, you know, foresight of the of the turns coming. Formula One's just a crazy spot. It and is. Hamilton's been on top of it for a good few years now. Mm. Still right on. <laughs> we have some sports picks. Sports picks. I, I didn't do too well no, in the last didn't. round. We'll recap the uh, the last week. So, Rabbitohs versus Panthers. Uh, Duran won with the Panthers. Uh, Adelaide versus Richmond. So, these are both the semifinals, obviously. You both had Richmond. Yes. Brighton versus Castle... Crystal. Uh, Crystal Palace, sorry. Uh, Dieran picked the draw. Correctly. <laughs> yeah, well done. Well done. Khabib versus Gaethje. Uh, Dieran again with Khabib. You both had Whitaker, well chosen. And then Wallabies versus All Blacks. Uh, Ross, you had the one win with the All Blacks. So I even predicted the scoreline. Go back and did. listen to the last podcast. 20 20. Points. Yep, they'll win by 20. But yep. 20 it wasn't points. enough to secure avoiding... The dry mouth. Scoop. I almost, I almost got a clean sweep here. You know, it was close. There would have been two scoops, but today is just the one. Uh, of all, the all your family back in New Zealand will be absolutely killing you for picking the Wallabies over the All Blacks. I know. I think I just got my passport taken away for <laughs> picking should. the Wallabies you over should. the All Blacks. <laughs> <laughs> what do you got for me? I'm hoping this is intra workout, something with a bit of flavour. No, the last few have been a bit flavourful, so today is nice and natural. 100% pure creatine monohydrate. <laughs> I've had creatine today, so hopefully this doesn't make me uh, poo my pants. <laughs> um, just make sure you have enough water. But yeah. Um, How much am I going? Not a, nice, a full, full nice spoon. Come on. Full spoon. Yeah. How much creatine is that? More than you need. Yeah. Five grams is a serve. Yeah, but it's only... Um, so what's this? That's c- can't I just have a scoop? Don't worry about it. No, no. Have a, have a spoon. No. Oh, you can empty one scoop onto the spoon. Okay, that's... yeah. That I'll, seems fair. Yeah, look, I'm an old guy. I stick to... Um, it's a full spoon anyway. Yeah, yeah. it's bigger, actually. Fuck. <laughs> <laughs> what an idiot. <laughs> All right, here we go. Let's go. I already know what this is like. I don't mm. like doing these ones. It's yeah. been a while. Got to get... Got to get heaps of spit in the mouth. Yeah. This is disgusting. Yeah. Like I'll do it really close to the microphone so people yeah. can hear it. Please do <laughs> oh. <laughs> oh man! Swallow. No, no, no water. Nothing. Nothing. Well, I can't do this without any water. Right. <laughs> Carry so on. What's next? Yeah. So okay, um, we're yeah. doing sports picks. So. Cre- oh, I haven't had dry creatine in a long time, but Not you know that much. Yeah. Currently, I just add it to my protein shake. It dissolves nicely in water, mm. and then you know yeah, you can same. drink it nicely. But mm. um, it's dissolving now. Don't worry, it's micronized, mm. <laughs> so it dissolves a bit better. At least it's no, no water. <laughs> Dry scoop. <laughs> okay. Oh, wow. Good oh, job. Ah, that was terrible. Too. Well, we gave you a few good tasting ones. You know, we gave you Shred Matrix last time. Mm. So All you right. just have to do a bit better than me on these picks. So picks for the next two weeks. That's why um, I don't bet. <laughs> let's start off big with uh, the first game of State of Origin, Wednesday 4th. Fire out. Look at that pump already. Oh, my God. <laughs> I need some of it. <laughs> <laughs> what do we got? Okay, this week's picks. Uh, so State of Origin. State of origin, I'm a, I'm a Queensland supporter. Um, Queensland all the way. Heaps of uh, Storm players. So yeah, yeah, I'm a Queensland supporter, but I'm going to pick New South Wales because, you oh, know, they've got a pretty good South team. South Wales through and through. I got Queensland. All righty. Uh, in the cricket, we have Pakistan versus Zimbabwe. <sighs> Pakistan. Pakistan's a much better team, but, mm. you know, I'm going to go with the Southern African 
um, connection over there and pick Zimbabwe. You get a connection to pretty much every country in the world. I guess so. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, which, whichever one's easiest to join the dots. <laughs> uh, UFC, we have Uriah Hall versus Anderson Silva. Oh. Anderson Silva's last ever fight. Who you got? I think he's going to go out with a bang. I'm picking Anderson Silva. I think he's going to go out with a bang to his head and it's going to be <laughs> Uriah Hall banging him. Um, that didn't sound good. Either, did it? <laughs> Far out. I got um, Hall. Okay, lovely. Um, Thursday 29th, we have Juventus versus Barcelona. In the Champions League, Ronaldo versus Messi. We haven't seen this for a while because obviously Ronaldo no longer plays in you know the Spanish League. But mm-hmm. It's going to be a highly televised game. I've... I'm going to go Barcelona. I'm going to go Juventus. Um, Cristiano Ronaldo actually tested positive for COVID, so it's actually not sure if he's going to play. So it'll be Really? Yeah. Uh, he'll beat it? Yeah. He's fine now, but you know, there's testing hmm. protocols and things to get past. Hmm. He'll be fine. He's probably out of his system within a few hours, mm-hmm. that guy. Yeah. And our uh, final one in the World Series of uh, baseball, we have Dodgers, baseball. Dodgers versus the Rays in Game 6 on Wednesday 28th. What's baseball? <laughs> I'm gonna go. Um, I'm gonna go the Dodgers. Yeah. Well, I always wear a LA Dodgers cap. You know, I like the LA symbol on my hat. But um, I'm, I'm gonna go the Dodgers because I'm a fan, even though I don't follow baseball significantly. No. I'm going Dodgers as well because this is just what happened here. Raised to do list. So this is a Rays mascot, yeah. Yeah. Ra- what? So Rays are what Stingrays? Yeah. That's a weird mascot. That yeah. doesn't look like a Stingray. It's like a Raised to do list. That is shit. Yeah. yeah. They just lost every Australian fan ever. Yeah. This is why I don't watch baseball. Yeah. No. Mm. Just, yeah. So number two, win the World Series. I hope they lose. Yeah, me yeah. too. LA all day. Let's go Dodgers. <laughs> <laughs> Dodgers, baby, Dodgers. All right, yeah. lovely. Got some good picks there. Uh, we now have a mystery quote. Mystery Let's athlete quote. Let me get that back up. We sure do. Okay, um... I've got two by the same person. The first, the first one is much less obvious, so if you can't get it, okay. Um, always go to other people's funerals; otherwise, they won't come to yours. Oprah Winfrey. Oh no. Um, <laughs> okay. Uh, What's the second quote? Uh, it ain't over till it's over. Oh. It ain't over till it's over. You're gonna have to give us the sport as well. It's also baseball. Oh, baseball. Jose Canseco. No. Um, is that baseball? Yeah. Um, <laughs> Mark Maguire. You got one. Oh. And they're both wrong. <laughs> okay, I'm out. Um, I'm going to go old school and go Joe DiMaggio. Nah, Yogi Berra. Oh, even older school. Yogi yeah. Berra? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Is that a person's name? Yeah. Yogi Berra. He, he's one of the most famous athlete coaches, I guess, in history. But really? He has some really dumb ones. What <laughs> Another one which is like, I always take a two-hour nap between one and four, or from one to four. Right. What well, was he, a, uh, a pitcher or a so, batter? I don't, actually, I don't think it was a pitcher because there's a lot of quotes against pitching. Right. Um, there you go. Well, none of us got that. No. Um, well, I'm tired of these athlete quotes. Time for some real quotes. Exactly. It's from Miyamoto Masashi. Yeah. So, today's quote from the Book of Five Rings as well. Whenever we have become preoccupied with small details, we must suddenly change into a large spirit, interchanging large with small. What does that mean to you? Mate, that is highly relevant in the world right now. Yeah? This, yeah, everyone just gets caught up in so much little bullshit that is so insignificant. We're all against each other. We're all 
fighting over the stupidest little things. We need to actually think of ourselves as we're all together in this together. Like okay. what? Yeah. That's deep. Very de- Well, not that deep. Well, I was thinking about hormones, right? People get preoccupied <laughs> on these small little things called hormones, you know? Yeah. Insulin, testosterone, you know, focus on the basics, right? Focus on getting your exercise and your nutrition covered and, you know, and sleep. And, you know, once you get these things covered, the small things, the hormones, your testosterone, your anabolic hormones will all come into play. Mm-hmm. so literal <laughs> with these. Uh, <laughs> oh, I'd like to know one better. Yeah. Yours are deeper. <laughs> But mine was actually physically deeper. Yours was more related to today's topic. Yeah. So. Good stuff. Anything else from you, Hal? I think I'm happy. Okay. Yep. Cool. Another cool episode. Yeah. We've got a couple of excellent episodes coming up, which will relate to everyone, which I'm excited about. So stay tuned. Listen to us everywhere. Podcasts are heard. Or look at our ugly heads on YouTube. Leave a review for a free T-shirt. Um. Yeah. Yeah. Masashi out. Yeah. Masashi out.